One of the challenges of traveling is managing your money. If you're tired of getting crushed by bank fees and exchange rates, you need to check out wise.com. I have been a customer for over 10 years. This is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. It's been essential for me first as a traveler, then later as a digital nomad and an expat living abroad, running a business from around the world. You get one account, which allows you to send, spend, and convert money internationally, all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. You can join 16 million customers, learn how the Wise account can work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to Wise for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travel is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at nissanusa.com. There are, of course, many benefits to keeping an open mind. How can that help you travel more? I'm sure you can think of a lot of reasons. I'm going to share a story today from a listener of this show and how her open mind led to an entirely new direction and a whole new travel adventure that was unexpected up until recently. I'm excited to share that. Plus, we've got another transition to travel episode, baby. That's what I'm talking about. I got so much great feedback on the last one. And yeah, I didn't plan this out because this was another one of those shows that took a long time to create, over six months, in fact. I'll share a little bit more about that if you're listening for the first time in just a moment. Let's get into it. Buckle up, strap in, grab your favorite beverage, relax. It's time for a little you time, my friend. And thanks for hanging out with me. Welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey there, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so much for hanging out spending a little time here, letting me bring some travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience, filling your life with travel. I mean, what what more could you ask, right? If you love travel, we want to do a lot of it as travelers. It's just, I've said it before on the show, it's one of those, I don't know, what would you call travel? A hobby, a lifestyle, a way of being? A, just a part of your soul that you can't deny. I don't know what it is. When it comes to travel, it's one of those unique things that if it's if it's in your blood, if you got the feeling, if it's just something you have to do, how can you define it other than, hey, it's just, it's just this is just a part of who I am for whatever reason. You can relate. You love travel. Whether you've done it already or you're thinking about doing it, you know that feeling inside. And uh, yeah, well, just know that you're here right now sharing that feeling and connecting with thousands of other people across the world as part of this Zero to Travel caravan, this global community. Thank you for being a part of it. If you're new to the podcast, welcome, subscribe, join us. You're amongst friends here. And if you've been listening for a while, a heartfelt thank you to you and to everybody out there listening. Thank you so much. We have got another incredible episode for you today, another transition to travel episode. And if you're hearing that for the first time, maybe you listened to my past episode with Sophia and Teague, where we did a before and after, where I recorded an episode with them before their around the world trip, and then a year later afterwards, and we got to see what how travel transformed them and what it was like. And guess what? I did it again. 
I did it again. <laughs> I have been holding this one back and it took a while to create. This one took over six months. But, uh, you know, these projects are, are long-term projects and you never know when I'm going to drop one on you. And I'm dropping one today with a, a friend of mine who's also a member of our community location, Indie. Talked to him before he quit his job. And then six months in, over six months into his trip biking across the USA, and we get to see that again, that travel before and after. How does travel change somebody? And what what can it do to you? And, and how do you feel before? And what are the anxieties and the stresses around that that uh, somebody can experience? And what is it like once you get on the road and the reality of it? And how does that compare to what you thought? Were the things as scary as you thought they were going to be certain things? Was it, are you more chill? Or are you as chill as you thought you would be after you quit your job? All these questions. And this is, of course, one individual's experience. But I love bringing these episodes to you because, first of all, it's just a labor of love. I mean, taking so much time to create an episode, there's something satisfying about publishing something and sharing it with you that took you know over six months in the making. And I know it's going to provide a lot of value as you see in one episode how travel transformed one individual over a period of time, a short, really a short period of time in, when you look at the big picture. I mean talking about six months. And of course, Joe had months leading up to quitting his job and everything like that. By the way, before we get into this, I just do want to say, because Joe is a part of our community location, Indy, and we just opened up the doors for a few days. And I wanted to say thank you to all the new members that joined our community there. If you're interested in being location independent and working from anywhere, uh, you can check out locationindie.com. Just a quick thanks to everybody that just joined the community. I'm thrilled to have you in. And I know there are a bunch of people that listen to this podcast that are there. So just want to say thanks to them. If that's something you're interested in, you can go sign up on the email list. We got some cool stuff coming up over the next few months and you can check that out. I mentioned at the top of the show, the shout out I was going to bring to you today was about opening your mind up to travel. And yeah, like I said, you're going to think of many advantages to having an open mind, I'm sure. And, and you know, I think about this in my own life. I like to think I'm open-minded and I'm open to all possibilities. And often I am, but like everybody, you can get boxed in at certain points or you think you're walking around with an open mind. And you realize, oh, I've been having this repetitive pattern or maybe I'm not as open to this thing as I think I am because there are some fears around that or whatever the case is. So it's like good, I think, to check in with yourself and be like, hey, is my mind truly open right now? Like, am I like totally just free with it and and just putting it out there and and just broadening my mind and and allowing things to come into it and and being open and non-judgmental to you know opportunities or people or whatever the the things that are around us in our external environment and just checking in and being like hey let me let me stay open and free and let me see where this life takes me intuitively is uh is a wonderful gift you know, one of the things I love about recording this podcast is I get to come up with these, you know, topics to, to talk about and people write me and I, and I get to riff on these things and, and read your emails and hear what you're up to. And it just either gives me new perspectives or allows me a great way to remind myself of the things that are important and what I need to do and, and to to just put it back on my radar. So after getting this email, uh, it just gave me a good reminder and hey, just keep your mind totally open because you never know how you can shift direction in life and incorporate travel with that. So I will share that at the end of the episode. We're going to get into this interview now. Before we do quickly, 
Have you checked out the best travel backpack out there? Are you looking for a new pack? Maybe casually, maybe you're looking for one for a friend. You got to check out Tortuga backpacks. If you go to zero to travel.com slash Tortuga, what you're going to find is the best travel backpack out there. And they have a series of backpacks. I shouldn't say just one, really something that can fit for anybody's needs. So if you're somebody that's just taking casual trips over the weekends right now, they have a pack for that. Uh, My go-to backpack is the Tortuga Outbreaker and the Tortuga Day Pack, which they just released a new version of, which is awesome. And they're sending it to me right now. I can't wait to get my hands on it. I've had the same Tortuga Day Pack for, I don't know, three years. It just still functions awesomely. The thing I love about the Day Pack is you can scrunch it down and take it with you but you could also use it and it has thick enough straps where it's supportive. It's not one of those super thin ones that you can't really use for things. Like I still take it on day hikes and different things like that when I'm traveling. It really is the perfect blend of uh, utility and sturdiness and packability. And then of course, the Outbreaker, uh, the pack I use pretty much all the time for my trips uh, is maximized for space for uh, carry-on. So you don't have to check luggage. It's got all the compartments and the pockets you need to keep things organized, but it's not over the top. It's got, they use the sailcloth technology, so the zippers are all perfectly seamed when you when you close it. It's just like you couldn't... It's watertight, basically, and it's still light. It, it's just... I can't say enough good things about it. If you go to zerototravel.com slash Tortuga, you can check out the day pack, check out the Outbreaker. Those are the two I, I use most actively. And check out their other stuff. And they got packing cubes and things like that. Hey, you're a traveler. You need to have good gear with you. So start with a great backpack and uh, you get 10% off with that promo code TRAVEL. Just enter the word TRAVEL when you check out and get 10% off. Thanks to them for supporting today's show. And if you if you enter that promo code, you'll also be supporting uh, the show and my work as well. So I really appreciate you for that. Now, let's get into today's episode with Joe. I'm going to see you on the other side with that shout out. We're going to talk about a little bit more about the whole open mind thing. And I'm going to leave you with a, a really great quote today that ties in With everything we're talking about, enjoy a little time traveling. Enjoy this before and after transition to travel episode. I'll see you on the other side, my friend. Today, I'm excited to share another transition to travel story from someone in this community. When I say transition to travel, I'm talking about the process of leaving a job or totally changing your life around to accommodate more travel it's scary, it's difficult, it's intimidating. Making that leap is a huge decision and I think it's important to share these stories because they can help us gain new perspectives and learn what we can do better during our own transitions. You can find my guest's work at tryfortravel.com. That's T-R-I for travel.com if you want to follow along on his journey. Joe Ferrara, welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. Thanks, Jason. Good to be here. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I was really excited when you, first of all, when you first emailed me, um, you said you had listened to like every episode. So I was like, oh man, that's serious dedication. So <laughs> thank you, my man. I appreciate that. And I wanted to just start by reading a snippet of your email and how this show works, we should explain to everybody, is I'm talking to you like right before your trip. So we're going to talk about like everything that led up to this point and how you're feeling right now and stuff like that. And then we're going to talk to you like some months down the road. I don't know how long, but we're going to do a little time traveling in the middle of the episode. We're going to talk to you in some months and we're going to see how 
it's going, how the realities, if they match up to what you thought beforehand and all that good stuff so people can get a really good snapshot of what it's like. So, um, But I want to read this first email you sent, just a little part of it. You said, I'm an engineer in CT doing mostly desk-bound work nine to five every day. I've been going at this for almost three years now. I find myself bored doing the same thing over and over again. Um, you go on to say, I'm working towards quitting my job this upcoming summer and starting a bike tour around the country, exploring and finding what I really love is the only thing I can imagine doing right now. Without you, I would not have realized any of this is possible. I didn't mean to put that last sentence in there, but I appreciate <laughs> that. It's interesting because you said you're working towards it, but you have quit your job now, right? Well, yeah, basically in the process, I'm putting in my you know two weeks this week. So This week. Okay, so you haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's coming up this week. <laughs> All right. So are you nervous about that conversation? <laughs> like you've been at this company for how long? Yeah, this will be four years in August. So a little nervous about that. That'll be interesting. I don't know if they see it coming, but I'm a little different than everyone else at work. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> how so? <laughs> you know, I'm way more active and uh, always asking like to do different things instead of just being complacent and and I've always asked for different things to do and I've never really gotten that. So, you know, I've been like, oh, can I travel more or like do jobs where I can get outside of my desk and do things like that? And it's always my boss like takes it into account, but it never really happens. So that's kind of why they can maybe see it coming. And then also I've been working on like my master's in international business kind of to expand my role there. So they kind of figured I didn't want to be an engineer forever. So, yeah, well, I like that just as a general strategy though, like while you're in desk job mode and saving up and all that good stuff, which we're going to get into just being proactive about like, Hey, within this framework, maybe there are some things I can do that can get me out on the road or something like that. doesn't sound like that panned out for you, but at least you tried, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, you got to put your intention out there to them or else they'll, they'll never really realize it, especially at these huge companies because you're just another worker to them, especially, but, and like your boss can only do so much is what I learned though. So <laughs> totally. Yeah. Everybody's hands are tied to a certain point unless you're dealing, I guess, with the owner. So tell me about your travel experience. Like I know you're into health and fitness. That's why I try for travel. TRI I'm assuming is, is related to like triathlons and different things like that. And you just said you were studying nutrition and I do want to talk about that stuff um, a little bit later, but when it comes to traveling and like getting this sort of wanderlust thing going, when did you get hooked or have you done a lot of traveling before? I've been hooked on traveling since I was a kid and, um, you know, like the typical U.S. upbringing where like I went camping a lot with my parents and like one of the first memories I have is going to Yellowstone and we uh, camped at um, Grand Teton National Park and we're like one of the few people there was like us and like nobody. So we saw all this wildlife, all these, you know, crazy animals I've never seen before. And um, we always did all this hiking and outdoor activity. So I was really inspired by that, you know, from a young age. And then I just took that to keep going, you know, as I grew older. And then I had the opportunity in college to go study abroad in Ecuador. And that really changed the way I thought about travel because I lived in a place for six months. So it was amazing just being able to, you know, connect with the local culture instead of just passing through it. And that's really what inspired me to love travel and just really love just being able to get into a place and just find the local people and connect with them instead of just passing through as a tourist. What part of um, Ecuador were you living? Quito. 
Okay. And how old were you when you were in the Grand Teton Park and you had those experiences? That was uh, 2001. So I was, yeah, I was 11. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how powerful one trip can be because oftentimes when digging to the travel past of some different guests, you find that there can be like this sort of linchpin event. And it sounds like maybe that was it for you, getting that taste of adventure. And when it comes to the studying abroad, was that something you always wanted to do? Like after kind of leading up to college, you're like, hey, this is a thing. I'm into travel. This is a way to like sort of work it in. Yeah, definitely. As soon as I got to college, I I thought it was kind of a no brainer to get out there and be able to do that just because, you know, it, it was cheaper and it's an easy way to explore and get credits at the same time. So you spent six months there. Was that your first experience abroad or had you been abroad before? Um, not really. I think we maybe went to like the Caribbean or something a few times, but okay. that was like the biggest one. Yeah. Standard vacation yeah. type of thing. So mm-hmm. what did your parents think about you going to Ecuador? <laughs> <laughs> so um, my mom is like really adventurous, which is probably where I get most of it from. Like she's always been a huge component of travel and hiking and everything. But my dad is like a huge worry wart. So he was <laughs> completely against it. Yeah. Uh, and it took a lot of convincing. But when I was there, they actually came and visited, which was great. And he realized how important it was to me. And he was like, wow, I'm really glad you did this. This was amazing. So yeah, it was a little, it took a little convincing, but um, they they definitely got behind it once they saw like the, the good things that came out of it for mm-hmm. me. <laughs> what was it like for you the first day there? That was a funny story because um, all those South American flights, they land at like 11 o'clock at night and um, got picked up by my host parents. Luckily, I had taken like the intermediate level of Spanish. They spoke no English. Um, so I had to figure that out. And then turns out our uh, place was like where they lived was like right by the airport. So you could hear planes flying all over all night and stuff. Um so it was just like a uh, little interesting, like getting used to it and being, it was a little nerve wracking, but, and then the the next day though, was great because we started to like meet all their family and everything and then got to go to school and like, they were really accommodating to me, which is really what made it much easier transition. It was like, cause they took me to the school, showed me everything around, how to get around and then eventually, you, you know, you just feel like home there. I think there is like a weird period of like homesickness after like the first two weeks like wears off all the newness. But then you kind of get beyond that. And it's really like, you know, you go travel someplace else like, oh, I'm going home back to uh, Quito <laughs> yeah, yeah. after this. It becomes your new home. Your, your new yeah. home gets redefined. Okay, so let's fast forward. You finish college. At that point, what are you thinking? Because you have this travel experience, you clearly you have the travel bug. Are you thinking, okay, like now it's time to get real and and settle down and get a re- regular job, or was your plan at that point always to kind of work for a little while and then travel again, or what, what was your thought process there? Yeah, coming out of college is, is tough because there's so much pressure to get uh, a real job, especially as an engineer. And engineers are huge, highly desirable. You know, you get a lot of job offers coming out like that. And I got my job offer actually in uh, October and I was not graduating until August. So um kind of had to make a quick decision on that. And I always wanted to like, I thought I would get a job to start with and that could integrate in traveling more and things like that. 
the company that I'm working for now just impressed me with all the operations and things they have, you know. But um, I knew it was more going to be more of a desk role, but I thought I could maybe move around a little bit more as I, you know, grew up in the company. But in in all honesty, I really didn't know what I wanted coming out of school and job wise because I had done a few internships. Um, but it's really just a whole new thing working full time and having that full time salary. It's you don't really know what you want. And it's tough to pick it out when you're coming out like that and not be pressured to just grab something immediately just to have that security blanket. Absolutely. I mean, I would say the majority of people don't know what they want. Probably the majority mm-hmm. of the time, <laughs> present yeah, company included. Exactly. I mean, like this is like kind of an ongoing process to figuring the next thing out. I think especially when you're coming out of school, like for the reasons that you mentioned and also, I mean, would you say that choosing, I guess, that right off the bat as opposed to saying like, I don't know. I mean, there's all sorts of jobs. Like you didn't necessarily have to work as an engineer, but do you think the pressures of sort of, hey, this is the thing that you do, this is the right thing to do, or overriding anything else you might want to do? Or was it more just like, I don't really know what I'm going to do, so I'm just going to like do this for a while and see where it takes me? Yeah, I think it was probably like a combination of the two because I really didn't know exactly what I wanted to do full time. And, you know, and I was impressed and like it's not like I didn't like my job to start with, you know, because it was all new and there was cool things going on. And I thought I wanted to design these cool engines and things. And, you know, it was all new and interesting. But for me, I need like a lot of I realize I need a lot of new creative endeavors and stuff coming in. So kind of like that idea in the beginning that, you know, you need to go do this and you're only set in that one thing, which which something that I thought coming out of college, which like I've really gone against that now. I don't I don't think you need to be, you know, one career, one passion, like you can have multiple things that you can focus on over your, you know, life or career. And it's just, it depends how you feel at the time. Um, but like definitely coming out of college, I definitely understand that. I thought, you know, you go to a company, you, you start your career and then maybe you move to a different position, but it's still in the same kind of focus. So that was something I really didn't understand that I understand a lot more now about, especially about myself. Yeah, that's cool. It's interesting how how the status quo thing, like even though you had these experiences, I mean, you're definitely not alone with this, but I just see this pattern where, you know, you have these awesome travel experiences, you go abroad and all that stuff, and then the, the status quo thing creeps back in, and then it just kind of is there, and, and it just happens, and then it it's weird because all right, you're four years into the job now. What do you think about trying to figure out when to leave because it's it's strange how time slips but it happens in real time so i'm sure i don't know how how it was for you but like when you reached a certain point when you realized hey maybe you want to do something different like when was that point and how much longer have you been in the job since then because because i find that that can be quite a long time sometimes sometimes a lifetime unfortunately yeah yeah, I think um, once I started realizing that people were living differently, you know, like location independently and traveling more, which I didn't even, you know, realize really was an option and until I started listening to your podcast and some other podcasts about people just living a different lifestyle. And, you know, that was about um, two years ago. And then I started really to form plans of kind of what I wanted to do. 
and kind of think about it more. And, you know, first I thought maybe I could, you know, try to do a different kind of role in my company. And I tried a few of those to start with, um, didn't really get anywhere with it. And then I was like, well, you know, I'm really passionate about this triathlon and travel thing. Why don't I just combine this into something, you know, because it's something that I've always looked around and it's, it's hard to find info on that, that really summarize it all together. I figured I'd just follow something I'm passionate about and be able to put it into a package. And then ever since then, about a year ago, when I started my site, it's just been like, that's the thing I, I know I enjoy doing right now, especially like, you know, I, I hate sitting in the office all day. I just want to go and work on my website because it's, I like writing the posts. I like connecting with people, helping them, coaching. Um, so it's just been like, um, this, this year has been especially tough because it's just been like, I've had, you know, very little passion at work and, you know, I've kind of just gone through everything. I've done everything already. So it's basically just repeating, you know, new, new, different thing, same thing. So it's, um, it's definitely been tough at work, but you know, it's, (laughs) it's still paying the bills. So it's, it's 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 an interesting place to be in. <laughs> well, that's the tricky part, right? And then it's like when you to leave the paycheck behind is never an easy thing. And also, I think what you're talking about, like I've experienced that, um, where the this switch just flips in your brain, and you're like, I'm just super excited about this thing, and I just can't do this other thing anymore. And it sort of reaches like this defining moment where you kind of have to have this big decision, and it has to go one way or the other. At a certain point, at least. That's the experience I've found. Sounds like you've had something similar. Like, let me just go back to one thing you said. You spent about two years ago, you started looking into this stuff and discovering sort of these alternative travel-based lifestyles. Um, Sounds like you kind of just absorbed a lot of information and went through that process and then started your site. What is your advice for um, other people that are in that process? Like, I found that that's a necessary process, I think, at least... I found in my personal experience and talking to others is sort of like reading a lot and, and absorbing and, and like thinking and just kind of, I don't know, being a sponge for a little while and f- sort of figuring things out, even though you're not going to get it exactly, but just sort of exploring, I guess would be the word. But then you have to go to make actual travel happen like you are. You have to go from the exploratory phase to the action taking phase. So what was that like for you? I think it's just taking small steps every day. Uh, You know, it's going to take longer for some people and shorter for other people, but I just took small steps. You know, I'd been thinking about my website forever and I was like, well, I just need to buy the domain today. And that's what I did. I just bought it. And then after that, it was like, well, I need help. I don't really know what I'm doing. So I joined Location Indie because it was perfect. You know, that's going to show me how to build this and really, you know, connect with the audience I want. So um, it's just those little things that you do every day to get you towards that goal. You know, maybe saving a little bit extra, uh, not going out with friends. You know, you have to make sacrifices for sure, but you have to just align your priorities to what you want. And that's kind of what I did. And, you know, I just like this is this is what I want to do. So all my priorities are going to be centered behind that right now. So. You're quitting your job this week, which is insane because I we emailed back and forth and I was like, yeah, talk to me like let's get in touch like the week you're quitting your job or something like that so we could really dig in to see how how you're feeling. So now it's real, man. First of all, what are your what are your plans travel-wise? And then I want to talk about like how you're feeling. Going to quit this week and then on about the uh, 20th of August here, 
going to step out my front door, jump on the back of my bike and uh, start biking down the East Coast. And then my plan is to start coming across uh, in Florida, which um, so I'm just trying to follow the uh, adventure cycling routes and just start kind of going around the U.S. And then You're going on a there, bike tour. Yeah, big, big time bike tour. And then from there, it's all up in the air. I think I want to actually bike up the California coast after that. So it's kind of biking is just something I've always loved doing. And I love exploring on the back of a bike because you see so much more than just in a car or anything. So and it's human powered, which I love. You know, it's kind of all behind of everything <laughs> that I've always liked. Yeah. So was that something you decided on a while ago that it was going to be a bicycle adventure? Yeah. Yeah. And I've been um, trying to kind of plan out behind that of all the stuff I need. And, you know, because it's definitely a little bit more complicated than just grabbing a backpack and heading to Southeast Asia in, in some ways. But um, so <laughs> like money wise, have you just been saving a lot of money? Like how much money do you have to save up for this trip? And it sounds like this is like a you don't have a set time. This is just an open thing. Yeah, I've been saving as much money as I can, you know, so I have probably like, you know, $10,000 squirreled away. It's it's tough to say because I don't even know how much I'm going to be going through, but um, <laughs> I've definitely been planning out for a while and I have the luxury, you know, of being an engineer, you know, which most people don't, you know, have this, it's a, more of a high paying job. So I have the opportunity to save a lot more money. Um, and, you know, I've been living pretty modestly, like almost since I came out of college as if I was in college, you know, I've never been a huge materials guy. So I've been buying only kind of what I need. Um, so that's helped a lot. Yeah. In regards to that, it's just, and planning and money wise, we'll, we'll just have to see how it goes. But hopefully along the way, I plan on trying to build kind of my location indie independent business so that, you know, that kind of becomes my mainstream. And honestly, I, I don't think it's going to be that expensive to do this bike tour. You know, it's basically food and lodging. <laughs> if you have questions about bike touring, I've done a ton of podcasts on it so you can dig in. Um, I hopefully you've upgraded the ramen noodle diet though, Joe, have you gotten a little upgrade there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've, uh, <laughs> kind of gotten beyond the college eating okay. at, uh, was kind of the Taco Bell and yeah. pizza diet yeah, was, yeah. was my go-to in college. <laughs> Not good for the triathlons, I would imagine. No. <laughs> How do you feel about walking into your company this week and saying goodbye? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a little nerve-wracking, um, especially when it's something that I've been doing for four years. And you, you can definitely get complacent just sitting there and just being happy because, you know, I, I don't have to go anywhere, you know, I'm not in any risk of losing my job or anything. So is there anxiety? Yeah, definitely. What, what's definitely it around? Anxiety. Is it, is it around the money or the stability? I mean, if you dig deep, what are, what's the anxiety around? Yeah, it's definitely the stability just because, you know, having a stable paycheck, you know, it's coming in every two weeks and it's just something you don't have to worry about or work for. Uh, but it's definitely going to be liberating at the same time, just being able to do something different <laughs> and not be stuck at something I don't enjoy. <laughs> what are some of your other fears? Definitely just some fears around just like making sure that I can actually do this, uh, that I can sustain it on the road and, you know, keep going and not burn myself out and actually enjoy it and be able to just do the physical part as well. That's kind of another fear. And then just making sure that, you know, 
it is something I actually want, you know, and it's not I'm not doing something crazy or preemptuous that's going to screw me, screw me over in the future. So <laughs> so you are you're a little worried about future prospects or what like what you might do when you come back? Yeah, a little bit, definitely, because I don't have any, you know, definite plans for that. And that's definitely what my parents are obviously worried about. First and foremost is, you know, like, what do you do when you when you're done? Well, uh, I don't really know yet. <laughs> that's what I have to figure out when I get there. But I guess I'm, I'm not super worried about that because I feel like I'll just make it work. And, you know, because I've done it in the past. And so it's, it's just going to be a whole process of just getting through it and just being innovative and creative with my new endeavors, which is something I'm actually looking forward to instead of just, you know, right now my path is set, but in the future it'll be way more variable and I'll be able to kind of pick and choose what I want to do. <laughs> it's always best, I think, just to sit in the adventure and enjoy it and to not think about oh, what you're going to do later because those answers, those things will come. And when you're traveling, you, you know, you're opening up your mind as well. And you're open to a lot of different possibilities that could lead in a lot of different new directions. So I actually think that the more you can let go of like the worry of what is going to come later, the the more opportunity you'll have to actually, I don't know if manifest is the right word, but to attract the things that maybe naturally you're supposed to, whatever direction you're supposed to go next. And, and whether that's, you know, back to doing an engineering job or something else. I mean, that's, that's how I feel about it. And um, I'm just really excited for you because um, the whole adventure is ahead right now. I mean, really. And have you gotten rid of your apartment or what did you decide with all that stuff? Yeah, so it's a little more complicated for me because I actually own my house. But uh, luckily, I have a pretty great roommate who's probably going to be able to manage it while I'm away. And then um, hopefully I'm trying to rent out my room in these next few weeks to pay for some of that. That's a, another big thing to manage and really, but I'm lucky that, you know, I have some support back here to help me out with that. Yeah. And then I've just been constantly just getting rid of as much stuff as I can and just trying to pare it down and just make it easier to just break out, break all the ties here. <laughs> Has that been hard getting rid of stuff? Yeah, it, it definitely is at the beginning, but then once you start like having less it almost feels better it's like uh, you know less stuff to choose from pick around and it's like i feel better about having less stuff it's just it's easier <laughs> yeah yeah but it is a process so yeah well cool i have no idea when we're going to chat again on the podcast at least i know you're in our community location indie so we'll be chatting on various events we're doing and stuff like that but as far as this podcast and you on the road and everything like that we're just going to have to see I don't know, maybe check in when you get to the West Coast or something and you'll have the whole of the United States under your belt or under your wheels, I guess. And then <laughs> we can revisit some of these um, some of these topics and see how it's going for you. And, and who knows where you'll be then. But I'm really excited to, uh, to find out. So, Joe, thanks so much for your time. We're going to get in the time machine and chat with you here in a bit. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be great. I can't wait to see where I actually am in the future. Who knows? <laughs> Any advice for your future self? <laughs> I feel like I want to tell myself to um, take a shower. Okay, there you go. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, Jason. Cheers.
All right, we've done a little time traveling. We went through some crazy tunnels with some lights and we were spinning and everything got crazy. And now it's over six months later. And here I am on Skype looking at Joe, who doesn't look like a baby-faced guy who quit his job anymore. He looks like a grizzled travel veteran with a with a giant beard almost forrest gumpish after he uh after he went running through the desert um first of all i'm gonna ask you joe did you take a shower today because you might not remember but that was your advice to your future self at the end of the last part <laughs> take a shower <laughs> i did I, I did take a shower and i've actually showered more than i thought i would <laughs> ah, okay yeah i mean this i am so excited for this because we, we're going to get a true before and after picture. I wish we actually had before and after pictures. Maybe you can send me one uh, if you have something from the beginning of your trip and then send me something from today or last week or whatever. We'll post it up so everybody can see. We talked to you right before you quit your job. How did quitting your job go? Like, How did you feel? It was definitely weird uh, because it was so different than, than anyone else that I was hanging out with was doing. I felt vindicated for sure. And, um, the other thing about it was I was really surprised how my manager and everyone thought it like they were just kind of impressed with what I was doing. You know, I thought they would be more upset, but, um, as soon as they found out I wasn't like going to another company or anything, they were like really impressed with what I was doing and like, <laughs> like kind of like cheering me on. So that was kind of cool. So it ended up almost out- like inspired in a way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it ended up working out pretty well. I think, um, way better than I thought it would. <laughs> You know, it's admirable to go chase your dreams. And, and when somebody's often doing it, it's like, how can you be mad? It's like, go for it, man. That's awesome. And you're doing that. And, and you're out on the bike tour now. Well, I guess the, just the last couple questions on the logistics stuff. You said your roommate was going to be managing your house or something and you were getting rid of your stuff. How did all that go? Did you get all the logistics sorted? Yeah, yeah. So I uh, got rid of mostly everything. Um, I think I have like a box in my basement. And then everything else, I have like a few bags. That's about it. Um, so, and then uh, my roommate has been fine managing everything. I'm actually making a little money on rent from renting out my room. So that's been something Unex- unexpectedly. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, so that was good. So I'm making a couple hundred bucks that, um, which is just nice, you know, having something to rely on. That's just passive income. Yeah. Besides that, the house, everything's fine. And, you know, if anything comes up, it's, he's there to fix it. And, you know, it's not like anything dramatic has happened. So it's, you know, it's like all those worries kind of just fall by the wayside once you get out there and you can figure most things out. I feel like anyway, <laughs> what do you mean by that? Like the worries fall to the wayside once you get out there? Yeah. Because before you start, um, you know, traveling, I guess, and you quit your job. Like there's so many different things, like how am I going to afford it? You know, how am I going to keep going? Like what's going to happen if I get like stuck somewhere or if my bike breaks, for instance, or like I can't get to where I need to go for the night. You just figure all those things out. Like, you know, even if you're not a hundred percent ready, a lot of things will work themselves out in weird ways, I think. And, um, you can still work it out as you're traveling for sure. You know, like in terms of like renting out my house and everything, it's just, I have someone there that I know can work those things through. Or, you know, if I need to, I can, you know, even call or worst case could fly back there. Um, but you know, I don't really need to, 
Um, it's just like the little things that seem like big things become more little things, I think, as you know, you get used to it and it's just not as big a deal as it seemed before get, giving it all up. <laughs> yeah, like like you could run all the scenarios in your head of like the, the random crazy things that could happen that your head could make up. And some of them do happen. I mean, do you, do you want to share an example of uh, what you're talking about in terms of like something you were worried about? I guess beforehand that actually happened that, that maybe, yeah. Like how did that turn out? I guess some of the bigger things that, you know, I was worried about was just making sure that like the house and stuff stayed like all the maintenance and stuff. So, um, actually had a pipe break fairly recently. Um, that's a pretty bad situation. Yeah. (laughs) But you just deal with it. Yeah. So my roommate called me. He's like, yeah, there's, there's something leaking out here. I was like, oh, God. Uh, he's like, all right, don't worry about it. We'll get a plumber in here and see. And then he ends up getting a plumber, and the plumber doesn't even charge him because he knows my roommate's girlfriend. I feel like if you have someone, like a property or something, you have someone you could trust managing it, um, even the worst-case scenario, there's always something they can do um, in that terms. <laughs> what about on the travel side, like, you know, the the worries of, oh, where am I going to stash my bike or where am I going to sleep every night or all those things? Like, what's... What's some stuff that you stressed about that turned out to maybe not be a big deal and, and vice versa? What are some things you didn't stress about that maybe were a bigger deal than you thought they would be? The biggest thing that comes to mind with bike touring is finding a place to sleep for the night. It can always be stressful. And I've like experimented with you know camping, uh, wild camping, which is basically just pulling off the side of the road and like camping in the middle of the woods, seeing how I like that. And um, had some interesting experiences with that. Like what? Uh, so I, I never got like caught per se. I've only done it um, about two, two or three times. Because it's illegal in the United States, right? Right. Right. And um, you can easily do it though. There's so many, there's so much open area of nothingness, especially when you're biking on these back roads and stuff. But um, I had one night where I was camping in South Carolina and um, I just had a weird feeling when I was setting up camp, but I was like, oh, whatever. You know, I'm obviously not going anywhere now. It's dark. Woke up about midnight to some heavy breathing outside my tent. And uh, I was like, whoa, what is that? So I screamed and like jumped out the tent and uh, like shine my light out there. And there was just heard something just crash and run through the bushes and didn't see anything. So I think it was some a wild boar or something is my hypothesis, but I'm not 100% you sure. You saw Bigfoot. <laughs> it could have been something <laughs> like that. But, uh, and it was also really creepy because it was a full moon. Um, and also when you're in the middle of the woods by yourself, you think every noise is something. And, you know, it's, <laughs> I've never really done that before. So, yeah, even those weird things, they make fun stories and nothing really happens about it, but... Yeah, that's definitely been a tough part um, in terms of that. Uh, Had you been camping by yourself before this trip? Not really. I think most of the time I went camping was with other people. So, yeah, it was definitely different. Um, And then it's all right when you're in campsites. There's other people around. But if you're just in the middle of the woods, it's a whole different experience. (laughs) You haven't really camped until you've done that. (laughs) (laughs) What else? You were, it sounded like you were moving on to another tale. Yeah, I was going to say, um, you asked the other question about what things have seemed a little bit easier, I guess, traveling. And uh, I think it's been a lot easier to connect with people 
and stay with them and um, just have different places to stay than I thought. Um, I haven't really camped as much as I've stayed with friends and then using warm showers, which is basically just um, couch surfing for cyclists only. And uh, you just meet some amazing people. And uh, so that's been a lot easier than I thought just to connect with and meet so many different people across the country. And uh, is that, I think it's that website is warmshowers.org. Is that right? We'll post it in the show notes. One thing you said in the last segment, you said uh, the adventure is all ahead. So it sounds like you've had many adventures. How has the adventure been so far? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's incredible um, for sure. Just being able to see the scenery of the U.S. change as you go down the East Coast is really amazing in itself. You know, like I started out in New England where it's all forest and like just dense trees. And then you start coming down the coast and it starts changing. You get along all these beautiful rivers and everything. And um, just crossing back and forth over to Delaware was cool enough in itself. Saw like some bears on the side of the road. Like you're really in it. Like there's no other way to travel where you're just in like basically in nature, like inside the country, really getting to see it from a local perspective, I think. And then, you know, coming out to the coast, seeing all the beaches and everything. And then I actually headed back in and went down the Blue Ridge Parkway all the way down to Asheville, which was probably one of the best parts of the trip. Um, climbing like sometimes 7,000 feet in a day, but um, just incredible vistas um, that you see out across, you know, the mountains and just amazing sights. So it's just like that kind of stuff. It's just awesome. And then from there, it really... It's incredible how the scenery of the U.S. just completely changes. It just you drop off and you start getting into cotton fields and all that, and like pine forests and swamp. And then you're in Florida and it's just flat nothingness for miles. And you drop down to the Gulf, which is beautiful, and all that stuff. And then come out along there into the Bayou <laughs> and uh, head out through the Bayou through Louisiana. All that good food and good cooking and everything. And then uh, right out into Texas, which is just flat craziness there. So uh, that's yeah, where you just, are now. Yeah, I'm in Houston right now. So you basically <laughs> have done. If we were going to make a general outline, it's like a it's like a a backwards L, right? Like you came down the East Coast and then went west. So how many days after you quit did you leave? Do you remember? Yeah, it was about three or four days. It wasn't much. Oh yeah, okay, um, it was fast. That's right. Yeah. What was your first day like? <laughs> so the first day was interesting because definitely like went the wrong way to start with. So it started out pretty strong. And then, uh, <laughs> like, like the first thing you did is went the wrong way? Well, like, yeah, because I was trying <laughs> to meet up with the route. And I, I it's funny because I bike around there all the time and um, just ended up going down the, this wrong road and stuff. And then I ended up having to go up this huge hill. So I ended up doing like 5,500 feet of elevation the first day. And like I had so much stuff and everything. And like, but, uh, too I much just, stuff. Like, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I just had like all this extra food and stuff from, uh, you know, that I was just like, ah, oh, just bring this and I'll eventually eat it. And it took me so long to eat it, honestly, because I didn't realize like how much time I'd be spending like at places where I could just get food and, but whatever. <laughs> but anyway, so. I ended up doing 5,500 feet, but like I was just super emotional. Like I was almost in tears just being able to like get out and travel and do something I love instead really? of sitting at a desk. Yeah. Wow. It was pretty emotional for me for sure. 
Tell me about um, that. Like, oh, was it the whole day emotional or was it just creeping up on you in waves or like? It was just like, especially right when I left, it was, you know, I was like, wow, I can't believe I'm actually doing this. This is crazy. And like a lot of times I just wanted to like, I probably did just like yell out a couple times like, oh, this is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You know, like I was just so happy. And then like I'd see like a beautiful like scenery or something or like, you know, it's actually really beautiful up there in Northwest Connecticut, surprisingly. And um, so you bike by this nice reservoir and be like, oh, my God, this is is amazing. Like, I can't wait to see what else, you know, is coming. So that was part of it, too, I think. What's been maybe, like, the biggest disappointment so far? Uh, That could be a destination or also maybe we'll make it a destination and also um, in terms of the experience, I guess, if there's anything. The biggest disappointment, like, is probably that I didn't really, because I was, you know, biking all the time, like, you deal with traffic all the time, and that can be a little rough, you know, especially if you're on a busy road, and um, some areas of the country are just terrible for cycling. Um, People don't see cyclists ever, and um, their roads are very bad. Like, South Carolina is probably one of the worst, uh, just because they decided to put the rumble strip in the shoulder, which... uh, you know, uh, just kind of screws you over and you're on a two lane road, uh, with heavy truck traffic and everything. And it's just, it's not fun anymore when it comes down to that. So I didn't really think about that before. Sorry. Now I'm like a lot more cautious about (laughs) cycling on those kind of roads with all the traffic and everything. And it's just, you know, it can wear on you for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So is it maybe that location also just because of that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, is there a way to avoid that? Like people that are listening, they want to cycle across the U S like what did, what are some of the resources you use to plan your routes? And like, what are some things like that? Maybe somebody else could learn from that, like mistakes that you made that they could do smarter. You can definitely avoid that if you want to. Um, sometimes it's unavoidable because you're coming into cities and stuff, but if you're, if you're okay with missing some things or, or sometimes taking a longer route, like a lot of times I was like, uh, I don't really want to go all the, this way out of the way. Um, to where I was going. What I was talking about was going into Myrtle Beach, which there was really no other option. Um, so if you're okay with missing some cities because the route doesn't look good or things like that, or just taking maybe a really wayward way, there are ways to figure it out. And um, the best ways to do that are to follow the adventure cycling routes because uh, you know that they're going to be good routes on good roads uh, with light traffic for the most part. And um, you don't even have to use your phone if you don't want to. You can buy paper maps, which is great. Um, getting away from technology, everything. Um, and if you do want the uh, actual map files, you can download the GPX files and follow them on whatever device you have. So that's really good. Um, then you can also use Google Maps, but you have to be really careful with that because they will put you on busier roads with no shoulders sometimes where it's actually pretty dangerous. So the best way to do that is look ahead on like the satellite view and make sure there's a shoulder or it's, you know, only a short section or something like that, or bike lanes. And also make sure that it doesn't take you on dirt roads because they love to do that. So you got to really make sure that uh, if you're using Google Maps, that that it's not taking you on busy roads or like down dirt roads where you have to turn around because you're in like five feet of sand, which is also happening. (laughs) Five feet of sand is not easy to bike through. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's adventurecycling.org again, we'll post these links. So, um, what are some of the highlights for you so far? I mean, you mentioned, sound like you have something good to say about all the regions you've gone through. 
are there a couple particular stories you could share that would might illustrate like what the trips meant to you and in, in terms of like maybe people you've met or places you've seen or I think it really became a lot more about meeting people for me. Uh, I thought it would be more about biking, but um, the way I ended up doing the trip is it kind of like ended up zigzagging a bunch because I ended up staying at a bunch of friends' houses and everything and just reconnecting with them. Um, a lot of people that I hadn't seen since college, and I really didn't expect that, and it was really amazing. And then there was also just connecting with strangers, even on the side of the road or warm showers, especially since you relate so well. Um, a good story about that is I met a guy in upstate New York. He, um, really cool guy. He is basically like almost called like a trail angel for the cyclist because he was like a landscaper. So he'd always see people passing through. He'd help them, give them a place to stay or, you know, give them whatever they needed. But, um, he was actually a huge mountain biker, almost semi-professional. And then he was riding his motorcycle one day and he got hit by a car and he lost his arm and his leg. And, but, uh, the guy was just so upbeat about life. And I was like, you know, would you change anything that you did? And he was like, definitely not. You know, I'm just loving what I do. And he's actually like gotten back out on a bicycle since, like, um, especially modified bicycle. And he's just like working, you know, he's planning on retiring before the accident, but now he's just working on, you know, getting back in shape and like trying to do everything he can just to be happy and healthy. And it's just like those kind of stories that people just share with you, I think, when you're, vulnerable out there on the road. I think people are so much more willing to tell their story too, which has been really incredible to hear those stories. Especially being on a bike, right? You're super vulnerable. Like you're just out there and as a traveler, yeah, you're right. I mean, you are, you're kind of out there in strange places that you haven't been, that you're not familiar with. So I hadn't thought about that. That could be a reason that people might open up a little more, but I think that that can be true for sure. If you rewind before the trip, and you think about, okay, like how you viewed America, your home country of the United States. And has this trip so far, you're over six months in biking through the States. How has that changed the way you view your home country now, if at all? I think for sure that people are much nicer than you think. Like, I think 99% of people are looking out for each other, you know, because you get kind of get in a bubble, I think, in the US where everyone's like, and with things that was out against each other and like everyone, you know, is looking out for their own interests. But, um, when I'm, you know, when I've been biking, it's incredible about the amount of people who just stop you on the side of the road and just to ask what you're doing and give you some food or, you know, um, a couple of granola bars or even like a hot drink. And, um, you know, a lot of people that even just like will open up their homes without even knowing you, you know, and that's, that's incredible. And I think a lot of people don't realize that like, there are really amazing people out there. And I think 99% of people in the U S are like that. But, um, I think a lot of people are just super afraid to get out there and stuff because they just, they just think that everything they hear on the news is what's happening, but it's really not. And, um, you know, I think a lot of other travelers have talked about that, but when you're biking, you really do see it because you really need help a lot of times, you know, especially if you, you know, your bike breaks down or, you're in the middle of nowhere and need a place to stay. Like you have to rely on people. So you really see that people really are good. And that's really what's, you know, been incredible about touring around the U S and seeing the different areas of it. It doesn't matter what region you're in. You'll always find good people there. Has safety been an issue at all? Have you had any besides the wild boar, or the Sasquatch or whatever it was? Um, <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it's been okay. There's been a couple close calls with cars. Nothing like crazy. Um, I've got a mirror and everything, so now kind of like crazy about looking in, in that to make sure cars are actually moving over. The worst thing is you have, sometimes you have people who buzz by you on purpose. Um, I was talking to like a cyclist who was going the opposite way, another tour, and we had a, like a truck who came, he looked right at us, it came right by us, you could just feel the wind and everything, and that's the kind of thing that freaks you out. But So those are the only things, but you know, I've, I've added like a vest and like I've got a flag now, so like you, you can do like a few things to make yourself more visible, but and, and the mirror is really important, but um, I think that really helps with safety. But there's, I guess, there's only so much you can do when you're at the mercy of drivers and everything. Yeah, that is probably when it comes to bike touring. Like if I was going to ride across the, I want to do a big bike tour, but uh, that is the number one thing that I'm afraid of is the trap. I mean, I think that would be probably everybody. Like I, I can sleep out in the woods and do all these different things, but I don't think the traffic is is that's the thing you can't really. You can pick your sleeping spot. You can't pick if a truck's going to buzz you or whatever, you know, and which is upsetting that anybody would do that. But anyway, nothing's happened that has stopped you yet because you're still doing this. Trying to think back and reflect back to, and I, I know we're all ever-changing people, right? It's not a static thing to be a human being. But thinking back to when you started, like right before you started and now, like how much have you learned? What have you learned about yourself? It's funny because when you look back, you know, I think it's always a good thing. And like, you look back at the person you were and don't, and you're like, oh, what was that idiot doing? <laughs> it's kind of like how I feel, you know, it's just like definitely changed. It's just like, it definitely changed a lot, you know, like in terms of perception and just being able to like roll with the punches and like being able to take any situation, and make something of it, I think. Um, and also I really learned a lot more about like connecting with different people with different viewpoints and um, being able to listen more and just um, kind of, you know, make deeper connections than I'm used to, I guess, um, just being on the road and stuff and being vulnerable, like I said. Uh, so I think that's a big thing that's changed for me. And, and also making more with less for sure, because, you know, being a bike tour, you have nothing and you really don't, you realize you really don't need much, which is crazy. Like I'm happy to have like a couch to sleep on versus sleeping out in the woods in a tent, you know, half the time. So it's, you know, cause it's funny you come to some of these places like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like all I have is like a, a ca- this air mattress for you to sleep on. I'm like, well, that's a luxury for me. <laughs> it's yeah. much better than just sleeping on the ground. So, <laughs> you know, I think it's, it's definitely humbling just um, getting out there and just doing more with less and just realizing that you can do all those things without all the stuff. <laughs> hmm. like turn, yeah. Can't help but turn into a little bit of a minimalist, I guess, or meeting all of these different people that you could never meet. It's, it's so easy in our society, I think to not interact with different types of people because, you know, oftentimes like depending on what's going on, like if you're going like you are, you're going to an office job every day, like you might get in your car you drive to the job, like you're by yourself in your car. You see the people at the office that you see all the time. You drive home, maybe you go to the gym or whatever, but you're kind of, you see your friends, but it's like sort of this small world. And then all of a sudden you're talking to, you know, this guy that's telling you the story, losing his arm and his leg. Like, how did that, how does that not change you? Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's hard. It's impossible not to be changed. And there's also another 
you know, think about it about just being out in nature, um, I think does a lot of good for you, you know, because you just have time to think and be by yourself and it's incredible. Like there's a lot of roads you go on in the US and there's no one on it. So you could literally bike in the middle of the road and no one cares because you're just out there by yourself and that's awesome. I mean you just get into nature and just be with it, you know, and it might be a little hippy dippy, but it's a pretty awesome feeling. <laughs> Just a couple more questions. What are you doing right now? Where are you? You said you were in Texas, but where, where specifically? Yeah, I'm in Houston, Texas. And um, I'm just helping volunteer, help rebuild after Hurricane Harvey. Um, so it was pretty funny because I wasn't even planning on going to Houston. And then my friend's girlfriend lives here, so he's spent New Year's here. Um, and then I was like, well, <clears throat> since I'm here, let's see what volunteer opportunities are available. And then I got really lucky, got connected to this organization and this really nice guy who I'm staying with, he's letting me stay as long as I'm volunteering and everything. So that's awesome. Like, really grateful for that. The houses here are just, they're in the rebuild phase. So it's stuff like right up my alley with the engineering background and like a little construction experience. So I'm really able to make a difference and that feels really good um, being able to do that. And uh, I kind of was like, eh, I don't really feel like biking for the winter. So it's a kind of a good opportunity here since this winter has been like a lot more rough than I thought it was going to be uh, sleeping outside and everything would not be fun. So, uh, it's just like everything kind of just came together. It's, it's weird how like those things happen if you just like are open to new things. <laughs> yeah. And are, are you pretty open? Like are your plans pretty loose right now in terms of this tour? Yeah, pretty much pretty loose. Uh, you know, just like when I started, I'm glad it was like that because I can't imagine what it'd be like being on a set deadline for a bike tour because there's so many cool places you want to check out, you know, like I've spent so much more time in cities and things than I expected just because I've been having a great time and wanted to like hang out with the people I was with. And, you know, you're able to get hyper local because you're with locals doing local things and you're getting like the best recommendations possible. I think. <laughs> yeah. We actually had this interview originally scheduled on like what, turned out to be randomly this the exact six months from the date when you left but you were in i think austin you're like um i'm out with some locals doing some crazy stuff like can we reschedule i'm like of course like you have to be you know on your trip doing it so right before you started you said you weren't too worried about what you were going to do afterwards but has any of that changed like do you have any concerns about i think this is a big fear this is why i'm bringing it up before people go on a trip like what am i going to do afterwards and they're already worried about the end of the trip you know like you're on the trip right now you're six months into it how do you feel are you even thinking about the end of the trip are you just like soaking it up has that is that a non-issue like where are you at with that yeah um i definitely started to think about it a little bit because um i don't know like you can't really spend like a super amount of time in certain places unless you plan ahead a little bit I think, uh, you know, because you can only find these opportunities like I'm doing now if you, like, reach out to people, you know. So I'm thinking about maybe what I want to do after, more of a permanent situation. Um, I've had, like, a couple ideas cross my mind. I actually um, ended up meeting a cycling couple in Tallahassee, and I rode all the way with them all the way to New Orleans. So that was fun. But they're, like, huge hikers, and one of them is hiking the PCT. Uh, in May, so I'm contemplating doing that now. Uh, but uh, I, I don't think you really need like a set set plan. But um, some, if you like, want a mo- little bit more stability, it, it is nice to maybe have some some kind of idea when you get to your end destination. You no, know, and you can figure it out along the way for sure. But um, 
you know, if you have something where you know you could turn to at least because, uh, you know, you can only like, I feel like you can only stay in some place for so long, you know, with a limited budget. Um, so I think um, it's, it's fine to start out when you have a lot of time, but like, um, you know, now I'm starting to think, you know, what I want to do next, if I want to go hike or do that, or if I want to maybe stay in a place for a while and work on my triathlon and fitness business and everything. So yeah, I noticed going uh, back to the office isn't on this list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely not on the list right now for sure. Um, did you think I that think might be on the list like before you left? Yeah, I thought so. Maybe, um, you know, and I'm still open to maybe doing something like that in the future, but uh, but with definitely a different style of company and everything, it'd have to be very, very flexible and open um, and maybe more remote kind of idea. But, um, you know, right now I'm just kind of concentrating on what I like doing, which is just working on my website and trying to grow my coaching and uh, just trying to help people and have a more real sense of, you know, accomplishment and actually seeing results and everything. I guess my last question is, do you, do you have any regrets taking the bike? Any regrets about the trip at all? Definitely not. No. For sure. No way. <laughs> it's, 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 always, it's always cool when like you're so open, you could be like, oh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do next. Maybe I'll hike the PCT. Maybe I'll, you know, it's like those are pretty good options anyway. Dude, I dig the beard, man. We got to get this before and after up. So please, can you send me a picture from maybe a couple pictures from like before you left and then like recently and we'd like to get those up uh on with this sure. podcast along with the links we mentioned and i'll be of course seeing you around the location indie community where you're a member do you want to share your um website and all your work and stuff like that so people can like follow your journey and read about what you're up to yeah definitely um so my website is tryfortravel.com uh that's t-r-i-f-o-r travel.com and I'm basically working on integrating like travel and fitness with kind of a focus in triathlon. I also have my nutrition certification. I'm working on um, developing that and getting some clients and everything so I can basically live that location-independent lifestyle that um, Jason formed the group for. <laughs> and uh, just try to get that kind of income where I could work anywhere and, like I was saying before, really be able to help people out. Well, dude, it's just been such a pleasure getting to know you over the last months and, you know, having you come into Location Indie. And then, you know, I know you had a lot of these plans, but like seeing you quit your job, going on this bike tour, growing this kick-ass beard and volunteering and meeting people and doing all the things you're doing and now just being on this journey. It's um, it's awesome. So I'm sure you're going to be curious to listen to this interview again, hearing yourself back to back. <laughs> Check out Joe's website. And uh, I'm sure if you have any questions, you can hit them up, uh, whether it's bike touring or fitness or anything like that. Really appreciate your time, man. Keep rocking on and be safe out there. And hope we cross paths soon. When are you going to get this Europe European bike tour, man? Why don't you make that the thing? <laughs> yeah, I've heard some great things about biking across Norway. So I know people have done it. So you never know. <laughs> right on. And one last thing, Joe. Sorry, we forgot. Do you, do you have something for the listeners of this podcast you want to throw out there? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've been listening to the podcast for a long time, as I mentioned in the first part of this series. So I wanted to help people out. Um, I created like a little link here. It's um, just tryfortravel.com, which is T-R-I-F-O-R travel um, slash zero to travel with hyphens in between the zero 
and the two and the travel. Um, so we'll put a link in there and I'm just offering a free 30 minute, like, um, coaching session to see what you guys need in terms of nutrition or fitness or anything on the road. Um, little, obviously a little bit of experience with that now having to do it this whole time. So if you guys have any questions about that, be happy to help. Great. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. And we'll chat soon. Thanks, Jason. Cheers. There you have it, my friend. I want to thank Joe for stopping by today's show, for being a part of the Location Indie community, and for sharing his story and being so honest with the journey before the trip and the actual journey itself and how that has been going for him. By the way, something special for you if you're going through a transition to travel and you're in that journey before the journey period where you're you're not quite sure, you know, how things are going to pan out. You you've committed to a trip, but it's maybe a little bit off into the distant future. If you go to zero to travel.com slash transition, uh, you can sign up over there and there's a little little thing going on for you. Uh, specifically uh, just to help give you some support on that. So uh, feel free to check that out if that's helpful, if that's helpful. And you can drop me a line anytime, jason at zero to travel.com. And let me know your story. Let me know if you want to participate in an episode like this because um, you never know what I'm recording. These episodes take a lot of time. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't have any more in the can right now. I mean, between the one with Sophia and Teague, which you can hear in the podcast feed, and this one... That was all I had. It was a bit of an experiment. And I've gotten so much great feedback on these episodes. I want to thank everybody who's taken the time to leave a review for the show, which means a lot, and or to write an email. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, my friends. Okay. Now, if you will recall, at the top of the show, we were discussing this idea of keeping an open mind. And I'm going to give a shout out in just a moment to one of you listeners and share her story and how this open mind's helping her travel more. First, quickly, just want to thank once again Tortuga Backpacks for supporting today's show. Zero to travel.com slash Tortuga. Get any of their backpacks or any of their stuff at 10% off with the promo code TRAVEL. So when you check out, you just type in the word TRAVEL and you'll get 10% off. And that's for listeners of this show. I want to thank those guys over there for being awesome. Thank you, Fred, who's coming up on a future episode in a little while, next month, actually. They're great. I mean, they actually care about what they do. They're not this big corporation that's just cranking out backpacks. They're very meticulous in terms of like how much research they do with travelers. In fact, when they were designing a backpack last year, I got on the phone with their designer and went through all these different questions and what I love about backpacks and what features I think are important. And they were having these types of conversations with many experienced travelers from all over the world. This is what they do. And this is what they focus on, just making killer backpacks. Again, zero to travel.com slash Tortuga. Check it out. Get 10% off with the promo code TRAVEL. And there's one last piece of gear you need to do a bunch of research on or waste a bunch of time on figuring out which one's right for you. You're welcome. There you go. (laughs) It's trying to save you time here and money with that discount. So I want to thank Tortuga for supporting today's show. And I will put those links in the show notes as well. Now, let me share this email with you from Beck that I got just the other day. She said, Hi, Jason. I just pressed pause on your podcast with Sophia and Teague talking about their transition to traveling full-time because I couldn't wait to email you. This podcast is a fantastic concept and one that is very relevant for me right now. I'm a 35 years old 
Australian and a single mother to a 16-year-old daughter, I've always loved the idea of traveling the world, but have never had the opportunity to do so because I'd become a mom at such a young age. All my time and resources were taken up in raising my daughter, and I really didn't see how I could fit travel into our lives. That was until around a year and a half ago when, after a huge amount of soul-searching, I made the decision to travel full-time once my daughter graduated secondary school. After speaking with my daughter about my travel plans, she had decided to share this experience with me. That's right. We're taking a mother-daughter gap year when I'm the ripe old age of 37. As you can imagine, this was a huge decision for both of us and one that has taken a great deal of courage and commitment to see through. We have already set the wheels in motion by, among other things, getting rid of most of our possessions and significantly lowering our cost of living to enable us to save money, including moving back in with my parents. That's dedication. (laughs) As you know, there's still so much to do before we leave, but we're certainly heading in the right direction. We have a set departure date of April 1st, 2020, giving us enough time to downsize our belongings and save. Although we have no concrete plans, we've decided to start our travels in the USA with plans to visit various countries in Central and South America, Eastern Europe, and Asia throughout the year. Um, she's going to be sharing and documenting their travels at SheSeesPossibility.com. And she just goes on to say, Jason, thank you for all the quality content you provide to inspiring and seasoned travelers. It really does light up my day when I listen to your podcast. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, Beck. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your story. And you know, when I read this email, this is what got me on this whole idea of keeping an open mind or just the reminder to myself to oneself to keep an open mind. And when I read your email and you talked about doing a lot of soul searching, you know, <laughs> that's a, that's one of those sentences or one of those words you could read in an email. And you know, after a huge amount of soul searching on the surface, well, I mean, those are just words, but, but I mean, what does that mean? I mean, imagine that journey, a huge amount of soul searching. I'm sure you've been through a lot in your mind and, and working through things. And, uh, you know, making that decision to travel full time with your daughter and having that conversation with her, I think it really says a lot about being open minded. You know, from what I can tell from the email, it sounds like before that just wasn't really on your radar as an option. But then you started opening up your mind to the fact that, hey, you know, this is something I could do. And, you know, searching around that and, and having those conversations and really just starting to kind of reframe your life and re I guess rethink your decisions around the travel aspect and, and that being the goal and the priority um, because you opened up your mind to it in the first place and it's so easy to get caught in um in those patterns like I said at the top of the show where you know we think maybe we're being open-minded but we realize hey or maybe maybe we could just totally shift directions and how, how would that look what would that be like well what would we do there And uh, that's where it all starts. And I I can only imagine what that soul-searching period was like for you. That's always a a difficult and exciting time, I think, for everybody. And maybe even when it's happening, you don't realize you're doing soul-searching until you look back and come out the other side, whatever that means. Who knows? I think we're all soul-searching constantly in in some ways. And then maybe we look back and we say, oh, we can define that period of our lives now as uh, we were soul-searching. And um, some of those are more intense than others. It's just like a process. Life is a process. So I'm just really happy for you. And I just wanted to remind everybody this this was a good reminder for myself. And I thought I would share it with you uh, listening to this show that we all keep an open mind when it comes to 
our lives and seeing where we can go next and where that might take us. And uh, that can be really exciting and it can invite in a lot of exciting opportunities and gets our antennas going again as we maybe see some signs out in the world that that are helping us. I believe in signs. I do. Or if you don't believe that kind of stuff, maybe it's just you know some ideas that you'd written down a long time ago that are now relevant or more relevant than they were before. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that things open up and change directions. And it all starts with that open mind. So thanks for sharing your story back. Really psyched for you. Hey, maybe this is another transition to travel episode. What do you think? This one would take a while. Uh, this would be like a a couple, a multi-year episode. That would be exciting. So yeah, Beck, if you're listening, please get in touch. We can talk about that. I just want to say thanks for listening to this show because like I said at the top, you are the fuel that keeps me going. This show is for you and this is a community-powered show. So thanks from the bottom of my heart there. Thank you to everybody that's here, whether it's your first time or your 250th episode or whatever, or coming up on 300 soon later this year. I want to thank you so much. Okay, I also want to leave you with a quote, which, hold on, I dropped on the floor. I had to pick it up. There it is. It's from Dogen Zenji. If you open your hand, you may receive everything. Thanks again. I'll see you next time. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality. 